0: Bienvenidos a Ciudadanos 44 con Mark Aaronsberg. Gracias por todo. Trete minutos más.
1: I am Citizen 44.
0: Amigos, and welcome to my podcast, Sitasen Forty Four. This is Mark Aaronsberg. Super stoked to be here. Uh, show number three, Numero Treso. On the show today is my friend Rich Reese. Excited to talk to him about his life experiences, primarily in the music industry. The reason for the Latino flavor today is because both Rich Reese and me come from Roth and James. Okay, also on the show with me today is my son Sam. As you may recall, last week... We almost came to blows. A very challenging time in my family's life right now, which includes myself, my son, my daughter, and their mother. But after what happened last week, my son and I huddled up and cleared the air quickly, had some kind of mutual agreement that the experience held value for both of us and agreed to never engage with each other like that again. However, shortly thereafter, things occurred again similarly, Although I did not react as I did before, and I feel pretty good about that. Although some may say that I have abandoned him, but I refuse to be bullied by he or anybody else. And until he can come to terms with our relationship in a way that's reasonable, uh, he can't stay with me. So he's back at his mom's, and they have a lot of things to work out, and I really wish them the best. And I love them and only want the best for my family. Work needs to be done. Let's get this work done, okay? I'm for the whole thing. I'm in loving with everybody. I want it to work for everybody. I don't want so much pain and suffering. No es necesario para todo, okay? Okay. Let's get on with the show. Hi, hey, Rich. Hi, Mark. How are you? Good, man. How you doing? I'm, I'm great. You are great. You know, uh, I don't remember actually how we met. Was it through Chris? We met through Eric Benetti. He's cool as hell. I love that guy. Man.
2: Well, he's the first person I met in Ashland. And where'd you meet him? Passing through in 2008, I walked into his office and there he was. I'm like, dude, can you show me some property? You mean, you walked in right down the street. I just walked yep. in. He was sitting there. I said, hey, man, can you show me some property? I'm digging this place. Yeah. That was it. That was it. Yeah.
0: Two years later, I was living here yeah it's pretty
2: ridiculous it's not bad why
0: did you come to ashland just stopped here for something to i was
2: on tour with colin hay uh who was the singer of men at work Uh and we did a show at the armory i just fell in love with this town i don't know why changed my life it opened up the door to healing that has transformed my life profoundly healing i never would have got living in los angeles i was having a nervous breakdown in los angeles Mm. So yeah, I mean, it
0: saved my life. Tell me a little life. bit about that, because this is super special. It is. People break down here, they run out of gas, all kinds of reasons people end up here. Oh yeah, it's cosmic. It's cosmic, it dude. It really is, I know that. I was married 26 years before I moved here, but I'm not now. And that is one of the byproducts of this empowerment, I sure. think, that comes from the soil, Sure. is uh, people break up here. I've heard that legend. Double D's, baby. Divorce, DUI, two things. (laughs) Totally avoidable, of course. I mean, I used to counsel people. I used to tell people to break up, like they had this horrible shit and couldn't fix it. It's like, yeah, don't do it anymore. Then, right? Just stop. Well, you were privy to my
2: tumultuous relationship, so yeah, you you've seen what I went through too. Yeah, there's something going on here, man. There's something going on, but it's turbulence, which leads to you know smooth air eventually
0: and major healing. Well, how did Crater Lake come to be? That was a massive, violent, volcanic explosion that created one of the most beautiful sure. places within a thousand miles of here. Sure. So it's cool, yeah. and it's painful, and think where we are, though. We're in Shakespeare Town, know, where drama lives. Everybody has a job in town because of drama, literally. Right. Or comes to this town to see the drama, Right. or passes through and feels the drama and is compelled to stay for some reason. How old are you? I'm 47. Wow, Really? I eat healthy. You got it going on. You know, well, yeah, but that only goes so far.
2: <laughs> you were born in LA. I was born in Encino, California. No shit, that's where my parents live. And then I grew up in Redondo Beach, obviously, okay. as a. What high school did you go to? South High. South High, and where is that? The well, technically, it's in Torrance, right on the border of Redondo. Okay, almost at the beach. Okay, a lot of surfers and stoners and musician you were
0: in the perfect place perfect it's like your parents like knew it it was i was meant to total serendipity oh yeah yeah shaped my whole life yeah you've worked very hard though right i've worked very hard yeah i mean that's why you can do what you want which is awesome i clearly have not worked hard enough yet so lucky yeah no you're not you made it happen there's no fucking luck you make your own (laughs) luck you did it there was a nice path for you to go down and you you seized opportunity i struggled for many years as a young man and pulled myself out of it
2: yeah and then ended up in laurel canyon and then came here mom and dad still hanging around you know my mom's around but i haven't seen my dad since i was uh 13 don't know where he fucked off to did he just bail
0: just bailed really just like done see ya and you haven't heard anything since not really has he even tried no it's been a good thing no no it's okay i mean he was just a fucking delivery vehicle evidently pretty much and that's fine as long as you know that and yeah so what's up with your mom
2: she lives in hawaii now in kona cool did you set her up uh, no, man, she set herself up. Cool. So she's happy in Hawaii. What's she doing? Happy in she's happy. She's hanging out, hanging at the beach, swimming with sea turtles. Fuck yeah! She's happy. That's awesome. In fact,
0: I'm going there next week. That's awesome. Yes. How genius! I love it. You know, there's some kind of symbiotic relationship here there between Hawaii is. and Ashland, and just like Oahu, which is the sister city. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that come from Alaska I that end that. up here, and Texas. A lot of people from Texas. Like Austin. Yeah, the interesting kind of melting pot here. If you looked up at the hill, it looks like Maui up there, the green hills. Just like Maui. Never occurred to me. Yeah. I've only been to Hawaii once, and I went 95 with my ex. It's okay. I like Mexico better. Yeah,
2: Hawaii's a bit... uh,
0: I don't know what it... It it didn't feel friendly, really, honestly. Maybe they don't like Jews. (laughs) I don't know. I
2: wouldn't want to live there.
0: No, no. A week's enough for me. No, no. I could live in Mexico. Tour there a lot. Yeah, so people are wonderful. so sweet. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so
2: you're living in Redondo South High School, uh, which was about a mile from the beach. If you If you've seen uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, that was pretty much my uh, That was my high school year. Were you that Spicoli? Was, I, I see you as a lot Spicoli. of uh-huh.
0: Did you have a van? <laughs> uh, nope, didn't have a van. Did your, any of your friends have a van? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Did you do the thing where the doors open and all the fucking smoke Lots comes out? Lots of pot smoking oh, and okay.
2: uh, you know playing in bands. We were the big party band. My band was pretty popular back in high Who school. Who was the band? I had a band called Hatred, and we were a speed metal band, and we did all the parties, and What's we, your instrument? We were rock stars, drums. So you were a speed metal drummer. Oh, well, heavy metal, like Slayer, I guess right. Metallica. You know, what I was yeah. in that whole scene. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for years.
0: You had some success. We did really well. Where did you play? Uh, like all over L.A. Did like, you play like Madame Wong's and course, fucking Coconut Teasers and yes, of really? course. Really, Yes. That's 16 years old playing Gazzaris.
2: Uh, Wasn't even old enough to be playing there. Wow. You know, Yeah. you must have been really a fucking good drummer. I was a good drummer. Yeah, I was. When did you start playing? Uh, when I was 10. How did you learn? My mom remarried. Mm -hmm. My stepfather's parents were in the L.A. Philharmonic. They were professional musicians. Mm -hmm. So I got all the lessons for free. I became a really good pianist at an early age. and So I've been playing my whole life.
0: Yeah, well, you know, there's a piano right there, electric piano. I I play it every once in a while. But that's it. When I was five, I took piano lessons. Mm -hmm. And when I turned 40, something clicked in my head. It's like, you know you can play drums, right? Just go fucking rent time at a music store and put on some headphones with your walkman and play to like the gap band. Easy shit. Fun. So that's what I did and I ended up playing at Brit, opening for Cyndi Lauper with this goofy band. I was with Doug, you know, oh, ridiculous. That's fun. No, it's all about the fun. It's great. That's why I'm doing this, for fun. It's fun. I want to do this all the time. So anyway, you're in bands and you're having a great time and doing all that. And you're 16. Living on the beach. My
2: Our house had an ocean view. It was a, It was a dream come true. It's never been better. And you were 16 at the time? Playing professionally. I was playing clubs, making money at the age of 15, Mm -hmm. 16, 17, yeah.
0: Did you guys ever get out of California? We did. Where'd you go? We did road trips to Arizona, New Mexico, you
2: know, in Vegas, all that. And I I thought it was the greatest thing in the world, being on tour. Of course. It
0: was great. Yeah. Who was managing you at the time? Were you managing the band? Or? We did have a manager.
2: Yeah. We've had managers, but I'm sure they know what they were doing.
0: But there was enough for you to None not know said. that they didn't know what they were doing. Got right? these gigs for you in right. Arizona. Really? We'll take them. Road trip. Right.
2: Uh-huh. Had a small label deal. It was it was a dream come true. Were like, you making any money? Heavy metal drum. A little bit. Yeah. When you, If you can go and play and make two, three hundred bucks each. You're stoked. Are you My kidding? God, doing you what you love? Are you kidding me? You got people that
0: fucking love what you're doing and they're throwing money at you? Dream come true. Yeah. It was great. And all the women, too. I can't even imagine my favorite part that fuck fest <laughs> I cannot imagine you know what happened?
2: year is this now 81 from like 86 into the 90s you know but I probably started playing yeah in 86 is when I started playing my first real clubs hmm. and I remember Guns N' Roses playing the clubs at the same time and all those bands did you ever open for anybody we did open for people, absolutely. Who'd you open for? Oh God, L.A. Guns, Warrant, uh, Warrant. All those bands were wow. playing the clubs when I was. Those are all the L.A. bands, right? They were all playing Poison. Yeah. Poison was a little. I went and saw them, but they were they were a little older than us, you know. And of course, Motley Crue was older they were than killing us, it. but. Uh, at that time, they were killing it. And I used to go hang and see like corn when they were playing, like for 20 people in the room. And wow. All those Rage Against the wow. Machine. They were at our rehearsals. Wow. We were buddies. Really? Yeah, sure. When they were putting the band together. It's like my favorite band ever, man. <laughs> yeah, Tom Morello was our buddy. And he's like, I'm putting this new band together. And if so I'd you... have been smart, I'd said, Hey, let I me be the in drummer. It. But I didn't. Wow. Can you imagine? I, yeah. You were Had right no idea. What? Wow. No oh,
0: how could you know? Putting this band together. That's yeah, it. Well, okay. But Great. you were, but you were successful. You were having a good time with your we, thing. We weren't, we were trying. Yeah, but you had no yeah. idea of what could happen. Yeah. Hindsight, yeah, of course. Yeah. Wow. It was just fun. Yeah, that's
2: cool. Did you guys record anything? We did some recordings. I mean, I was in different bands, and we did always did recordings. Yeah.
0: Did that band record an album? I mean, I,
2: I I progressed and I I went into this band after high school called uh, Psycho City, and we did we did pretty well, man. We we had all the labels, big labels coming out, and we we were packing places and. Fill in the Roxy and the whiskey and same kind of music. This was a little lighter. This was more like Alice Chain. Love Alice. Yeah. So this was sort of been ranking 1990s it did okay. You know, yeah. I started working with Dave Davies from the Kinks. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, man, I gotta make more money. So I took this job working for this producer named David Pack, mm-hmm. who was a singer of a band called Ambrosia. Mm-hmm. From there, I started kind of moving more into the production side. I was his assistant and project coordinator first project we did was a remake of West Side Story and we had uh, Phil Collins and Aretha Franklin and Michael McDonald and all these incredible players so of course I got to know you know Kenny Loggins and Mike McDonald those guys all brought me up when I was a young man 24 years old Hmm. I got exposed to all of that right and uh, opened up a whole new career for me
0: and how did you go from being in a band to managing music acts that happened later 30s. Uh, well, what was in between? Oh my God! Uh, How, did you? Oh, so you played music I that kept whole time playing, anyway?
2: But I was making more money doing the business stuff, right? The producing and the booking tours and right. producing concerts. And I produced a '70s show uh, in 2000. Yeah, it was really successful, called uh, Class of the '70s. Where was this? It's all we did it all over the country, and I put together. It was like a musical. It was mm-hmm. like a concert. And I had Ambrosia, and like I had guest stars like you know like Dave Mason and Al Stewart and Stephen Bishop and Edgar Winner and all these '70s stars would guest star in it, and it was just, just a night of hits, all hits. Right. Got really big. Huh. So I couldn't play anymore because I was right. You're busy. I'm producing this massive show that's right. playing now. We're selling out four or five thousand seats. Wow. And then from there, you know, all these artists are like, oh wow, you know, can you do that for us? Can you help us? Can you help us? And then all of a sudden, I had a big roster, and I became a pretty known agent. Right. LA. And my playing just kind of got less and less yeah, yeah, yeah. and less. But you like the business side, right? I do. get to work last, with some pretty cool people. I've huh? worked with some of the biggest legends uh, in 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 music history. Right. And, uh, very. I'm very blessed.
0: Eighties bands, Human League. Well, I brought people. Human League back. Uh, and, I know.
2: English Beat, and ABC. And, That's
0: all my jam, right there. Well, we talked about it yeah. at one point, I don't know, a few years ago, about trying yeah. to get them here, do kind of an SOU. Yeah figure out how to do kind of an SOU venue thing. which Oh, course, we did. Yes, yeah. We, did. we even called. It was like, hey, we got, fucking, yeah. we got the goods. I you know. just got to provide the space.
2: When I first moved to Ashland, I tried to do a concert at the band show, and the, and the city of Ashland said no. And now I think they're doing stuff there. Of course. Yeah, of course.
0: It's like they either wait for someone to get killed in the street to put a fucking crosswalk in. Yeah. Or they? This is a very reactionary town. They're not yeah. very proactive. As liberal and sweet and lovely as everything is, Yeah, there's, you know, it's the same coin, but there's other shit going on here, too. Of course. I still love it. It doesn't matter. It's pretty cool. So I pick up this girl the other day from the hotel over there. Mm -hmm. What is it? Comfort Inn? Mm -hmm. Her goal is to get to the liquor store before it closes. It's like 15 minutes. Right. I'm parked in the plaza. I said, I don't know if we're going to make it in time. I said, but 7-Eleven sells beer and wine till like 2 a.m. She goes, oh, that's cool. She sounded kind of cute. I mean, you know, what does cute sound like? But anyway, so I went and picked her up. Yeah. Of course, she's super cute. Yeah. And the first thing I notice is she's got hands like yours, dude. She's got these long, <laughs> she's got fucking giant hands. Yeah. And she immediately mentions the Seinfeld episode. So I'm in love, right? Yeah. We have this great chat, and the first sentence I say "fuck" in front of her. Yeah. And that's it. So now we're buddies. Yeah. So she gets in the car, take her back. I don't think I charged her for the ride. That was and nice to see. Uh, yeah, well, she's super sweet, and I yeah. love doing that. Free rides are fucking awesome. Yeah. It's cool to get a free ride. Sure. She called me up last night, and she says. uh, I want to take you out to dinner. And I started to not come up with a butt, but I had to mention that I was on call. I was doing dispatch. Mm -hmm. I don't have to drive, but wherever we are, I have to answer the phone. Sounds like a butt is coming up. No, let's go. I totally want to go hang out with you. Cool. So we went out to Standing Stone, and and then we went and played pool at iPub, and she sang for the first time karaoke ever in her life. And we kicked these two guys' asses in pool. She's a badass. That's nice. And have you seen her paintings?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, she's great. How do you know her already so much? She just got here two days ago. I've actually known her for, for a few years. How do you know her? Weird, she's dude. a big fan of one of the bands I work with. You're fucking Kevin Bacon, Six Degrees <laughs> of Separation, man. That's ridiculous. Yeah, in fact, she called me because she'd like me to help her uh, get integrated into the town. I told her, I said, well, you're in Magic Town. She's going to do really well. Yeah. I said, yeah. between your really big hands yeah. and your smoking... Get rid of the smoking. You can't get rid of your big hands. Yeah, let, let's get rid of one of yeah. them. Yeah. So anyway, she's super, super yeah, sweet. She's, she's gonna have cool. a great time here. Well, good. I'm glad you. I'm glad she met you. It was so I weird. Look I'm how glad. serendipitous it is, though, that you're sitting here and we're talking about her, and I've known her for 48 hours. Yeah, it's
2: a trip. My very good friend Paul Kilminster, who Lemmy's son, coming into town tonight. I got to play on Lemmy's solo album. It's finally coming out. And there's a track with me and Paul and Lemmy and Joan Jett.
0: Wow. And they just, I want to hear they, that. Metal
2: Magazine just said it's coming out finally this year. Uh, awesome. So I'm pretty stoked about that. We recorded it in 2008. Where'd you record it? Uh, in LA. But Lemmy's been working on it. You know, Dave Grohl's on the
0: album. All kinds of wow. people. Oh, so you're my first male, by the way. Oh, great. Well, yeah, I heard your first. Do you know Mandy Valencia? She's a journalist. She was working at the Tribune and the yes, and I doing the, the music scene. Well, I do know who she is. She's under she uh, Tylinx. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Tidings Cafe. But I figured you knew her because yeah. at some point that you would just naturally cross. Paths. Yeah. yeah so she was in here yesterday nice she's super sweet super cool i smoked a lot of weed with her i oh. watched a lot of seinfeld with her i watched a lot of curb your enthusiasm Beautiful. with her she was really fun cool to have here. you went to portland fucked off did whatever didn't really what did you do fucked off whatever i do whatever i want to yeah but i mean you were just hanging out you didn't have to do anything See, that's the beauty. So, you're back. Do you have any specific plans? Well, I think my next venture in life will be to uh,
2: a vegan restaurant.
0: It's good. Hey, I did it for a year and a half. It was the healthiest I've ever been. Dropped and a few I, pounds. Yeah. Well, you know, when I first saw you, I'll tell them when I said, what a fucking asshole I am. Um, well, you hadn't seen me in four years. I hadn't seen you in four years. And I were you in the plaza with Gary walking? Yeah. I mean, you look like you just came out of the fucking Holocaust. I mean, I. That's what everyone's. Thought. No, but you were so thin. I, I was actually somewhat concerned for your, yeah, yeah, your well-being. That. But I know you're just thin. I mean, <laughs> you're naturally thin anyway. But that's because you're healthy. Yeah. If I put you next to me, I just want to fucking cry because I'm a fat piece of shit. Right I don't now. have AIDS, and I haven't been in the Holocaust. Yay! Uh, <laughs> congratulations. It's a I don't see diet. any tattoos on your arm. You actually look great. Thank you. And you're the same you were that day, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's just a matter. I just wasn't used to seeing you. Oh, yeah. When it's... people dramatically lose weight, they really do. Well, it's twenty-five look... pounds. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of weight. Yeah, that's a fucking cinder block. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm on the path. Much slower than you are, but I I'm on the path. Sugar and grains, my friend, get rid of. Get rid of them. Completely. That's what I did. It's
2: done. Sugar and grains. Right. Stop drinking. I don't really drink anymore anyway. I don't have a taste. We we
0: got the weed here. Why drink? Dude, you know what? It doesn't take me any time to recover from smoking weed. Of course it doesn't. People take fucking days. These people that I pick up on the verge of vomiting that I take home that have to spend two or three days recovering and then go back to school. It's one is medicine stupid. and one is poison, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, that's, that is that so, is absolutely true. There you go. Alcohol is poison. Now, I like wine. Well, I do too. And I want to sip a little bit. Smoking a dude, man, that's about as uh, peaceful as it can be. Yeah. Like Scientists have been doing a study on alcohol, if it changes your personality. And they said that's all a fallacy. It's not true at all. It doesn't change your personality. It only maybe accentuates what is already you in ways yeah. that have never been seen before. You're a prick. You're a prick. But it just, you're now a huge fucking prick <laughs> instead of just a prick. <laughs> and sometimes it's like Jerry Seinfeld says people that drink either love you or fucking hate you. And it, and that shows up. And all that is sure. is an exaggeration of your existing traits. Aye, aye. And I get people in the cab that are oh, I fucking, I fucking totally appreciate that's right. They're killing me. And they're wasting the back. And they're throwing money at me. Just, they're yeah. over tipping me. Yeah. And and most people, thank goodness, in this community are, who drink, which is a lot of people, yeah. are really nice. Yeah. Like, I couldn't drive a cab in Medford. Yeah. In you a don't fucking right. fights in Ashland. Uh, that's not true. You do get bar oh, fights Oh, yeah. In iPub actually. is, that's why it just changed owners. Which place? iPub. Orion's. Right next to Eric Benetti's place. Oh, that place. Yeah. Well that's the cheap Irish. booze, you know, the college yes, kids yes, hang, yes. oh no no, fights all the time. Yes. Cops are all the time. I have no idea. Oh yeah. No, that's why they have a big man out front yes. taking care of business. No, no, it's, it's a problem. As a matter of fact, you know, I live essentially over this shit. It's right there. Yeah. So I hear all the fucking idiots almost every night. I hear gunshots in the park. I had to call the cops the other night. Are people coming in from Medford? No. I think people are coming in from just other places. And that's fine, I get it, you know, but uh, yeah, I think there's things happening here. This is not the same place I moved to 15 years ago. It's not the same place I moved to 7 years ago. No, it's really, and I love it, you know, like you, I love my people here, yeah. and I love it's gorgeous, and the weather is brilliant, and you know, it is part of the world, and there, there's trash yeah. on the ground, and there's, there's fucked up people here, and there's things happening. Kind of been found. There's crime the happening now, power. and yeah, so it's a little disconcerting, but it's just a reflection of what's going on. Yeah. You know, it's still right off the i5. Any idiot can fucking pull off and come visit us. That's a fact. You said you got an office with Chris.
2: Chris has got that little office. He's given me a little space in it, and it's a nice little social hang.
0: Sweet. I need to come by and it's great. check it out. And you're over on A Street, right? Yeah. So. Aromac, the old Aromac. Yeah. Tony's place. Yeah. yeah, so we got a sweet little
2: setup in there. It's, it's a lot of fun. Hey, we got to get that football out. The football, how's your arm? I don't know until I throw. <laughs> No, I don't. I mean, Was that the last time you threw? Yeah. What? Four years ago? Yep.
0: Wow. I was fifty-one the last time we threw a football in the park. I'm fifty-five now. Well, it's the same arm, but I'm not in very good condition. I'm pretty sure. So we can go throw a football without. Uh, let's try it. We don't have to throw it fucking forty the yards. sponsors, we can just Oh no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. I, don't... Uh, <laughs> I think we should get stoned and do it, maybe. Let's totally do that. I think so. All right, let's shake on it. It's good to see you, brother. brother. Love hey. you, man. Hey, likewise, Mark.
1: How are you today, Sam? I'm good. What's going on? Not much. I mean, you and me just went on a walk earlier today. Uh, we went to we got I got a burger. You got a wrap, right? Yeah, Mediterranean wrap. Delicious. Yeah, yeah and then I've been playing uh, some video games, and that's about it.
0: Yeah. I told the listening audience that you and I had this pretty explosive situation. Was it last
1: week? Uh, I think it was Thursday last week. Thursday last week.
0: And, uh, and I haven't told them yet, of course, because... Uh, This is uh, another show that we quickly, you know, took care of it, meaning, you know, although I was sick by the whole thing and practically ran out of the house to get in the car to leave the scene uh, because my stomach hurt so bad and I was crying so hard, I just, I couldn't even contain myself. But I had to go to work and my first customer in the car was this woman who was about 80. I can't remember her name. Super nice lady. And she allowed me to work through it with her and just talk to her. And she knew that I was obviously fully aware and conscious of what happened and, and felt terrible and could analyze and, and just have a, a, an adult, uh, nourishing conversation with her. Um, but I wanted people to know that even though you said, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face, dad, one um, why you said these things, and, and let's walk through why this all happened to begin with. Okay. Can we do that?
1: Yeah, that's fine. Okay.
0: So... I had explained uh, that this was the third time I had to come remove you from your mother's house. Or not even remove you. I had to come to the house and ask you to leave. And I, I still fully believe that for some reason, I'm not sure why, you've got it stuck in your head, that it was me that wanted you to leave and not your mother, which is why we had all this difficulty. Is that not true? Uh, I sort of believe that less now, but... Um... But you thought that it was absolutely my decision... That I wanted you out of the house and I came all the way down there just to eject you based on my will and not your mother's.
1: Sort of at the time, yeah.
0: Okay. But you know that's not true now, right? Yeah. So, anyway, it was really ugly and I'm sorry for it and I I think you are too. Yeah, I'm sorry for it. And uh, and it's okay and on some level, I know it's weird, but I'm glad it happened, we could see each other in this really horrible human way and get over it quickly yeah uh, because we love each other I mean you're my son I'm your father and uh, and we have to be able to get through these things and not only that this will help us with other people in the future when we come across people who are you know working off their primal brain and they're not thinking and they're not conscious and maybe we can approach it in a different way with this new experience yeah so um, is there anything else you would like to say tell me express while we have the mic open and we're chatting? and
1: Not really, no. Um, I think we're all sort of up to, we're all on the same base here. Um, I, Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have it all worked out. Okay, good. Um,
0: and I felt that way too. I called you the next day and I explained this amygdala response of the caveman mentality, of uh, the, the fight, uh, flight, or freeze, and that I, I chose to fight, you chose to fight, and you weren't, freezing, and I wasn't freezing until you threatened to punch me in the face, and uh, uh, in hindsight that's fairly amusing. At the time it was not amusing. I, I can let things go pretty easy. I know you can, and, and now you're back with me this week, and it's, it's fairly problem-free. Of course we've only
1: spent like four hours together. So. How is school? School's good. Um, uh, there's really not much going on since it's the end of the year. Um, we don't really, we've, we've already done the testing that we need to do, and so we're just kind of learning some last stuff, and then we're just going to basically just be sitting in class for no reason. How old are you? Thirteen. What grade are you in? I am in seventh grade. Where do you go to school? I go to school at Ashland Middle School. How is Ashland Middle School? Ashland Middle School is cool. I've heard a lot of people say that there's a lot of, like uh, John Muir's, um, maybe all the kids that were in Ashland Middle School, I know two so far, um, they say that they don't really um, like uh, Ashland Middle School as much as they like uh, their other schools, but I, I think it's good and um, it's been pretty fun so far, so yeah. Okay.
0: You've missed a lot of school.
1: I have missed a lot of school.
0: Has that made a difference in your anything at school?
1: It's definitely made a difference between me and my teachers' relationships and stuff. Meaning, like, it stressed it. Yeah, and like. Why do you think
0: that is, other than the fact that you're not there and you know you should probably be at school?
1: Um, uh, it's because maybe because I have uh, I used to have a lot of missing work um before the trimester ended. And now? And now I only have one assignment, but that's just because I have uh, I don't have the stuff for it yet. So, you're pretty caught up? Yeah.
0: Why have you missed so much school?
1: Uh, medical issues. Like? Like, uh, I had a really bad jaw issue earlier in the year, um, really bad spine and rib problems, mm-hmm. um, and a really bad stomach problem that was sort of linked to the rib problem and spine problem. Right. right.
0: But that's all pretty much taken care of? Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to go into the whole, you know, while I was away thing right now, but um, meaning while I was in Thailand. Uh, what, what's it like these days? Because I don't remember. I don't even know what it was like being 13. I remember going out. So we were outside a lot, playing football in the street and riding our bikes. And What are 13-year-olds doing now?
1: Um, I mean, I play a lot of video games when I'm not hanging out with my friends. Um, but I also consider playing video games hanging out with my friends, too, because I'm a lot of the time playing it with my friends like my friend Justin me and him play all that stuff together but uh, I'm I'm either playing video games uh, doing the lawn at the house or something or uh, hanging out with my friends uh, in the plaza or um, and on that little market area near uh, Market of Choice.
0: How much outdoor time are you actually getting if you look at it mathematically relational between your digital experience and your your inside experience versus your outside experience
1: well i'd say recently like within the past two two and a half months uh i've been getting a lot more outdoor time um in what uh, way meaning like hanging out with my friends not like walking around the park but um
0: yeah god forbid you (laughs) walk around the park i know that kills you uh
1: no i Uh, I definitely uh, have been uh, hanging out with my friends a lot more. Um, And I've also been making new friends, um, so we've been hanging out. What do you do when you hang out? Uh, We go up to fun and games. Uh, We walk around near the school. We eat pizza or something else. Mostly pizza because that's cheap. How do you make money to
0: pay for the pizza?
1: Uh, I read and write, but I haven't been doing that because of school and Because of what? School. You mean like when you're sick?
0: What do you do when you're home, besides nothing. video games? Has well,
1: been- I don't play video games when I'm homesick, though. Mom doesn't let me. No? Even so what do you do? A lot of the time, sleep. like after three. Yeah, sleep or read uh, school books or write for school.
0: When's the last time you read a book for money?
1: Uh, three weeks ago. Well, why don't you tell them what we worked out? We worked out a deal where Dad would give me a book that of his, of his choice. And he would pay me a certain amount. Most of the time, it was five dollars. Yeah. Um, but uh, there were a couple books that were like twenty that I haven't gotten to yet, twenty and ten. But um, he also we also did an agreement where I write for an hour and that gives me five dollars.
0: You got pretty fat for a little while, right?
1: Yeah. We were making money. I was. And now, how much have you accumulated? Uh, now I have like two hundred at mom's house from lawn and stuff. Yeah. Um, and like a hundred left here. Okay. And,
0: and could this perhaps be why you haven't done so much reading and writing? Is you feeling a little flush, like you got plenty Maybe. of cash?
1: I, I think that has something to do with it, but I think most of the time it's because I'm busy reading something else for school and I don't really like reading two books at the same time because it mixes up the story with my simple brain.
0: <laughs> well, your brain is certainly not simple. So what about when summer comes? How are you going to treat that? Um... When you don't have school books to read, you don't have... Then school. I'll
1: definitely get back on to doing the reading for you for money and... Well, the reading the is for us. I mean, it is... Well, it's... Yes. Yeah.
0: And what is the last book you read for me? The last book I read was Siddhartha. Ah! Mr. Hess. Herman Hess.
1: Yeah. How was that? It was good. Tell me about that. Uh, What's the story? The book was about a... Uh, 14-ish year old in the beginning mm-hmm. and then he eventually like it, it plays out his entire life really but um, uh, he goes sort of on a journey um, first he goes with um, I don't remember all the terminology but he goes with some dudes it was it's it takes place in like the uh, sort of Tibetan culture mm-hmm. um, but he goes with some dudes who like sort of I forget what they're called but they like starve themselves or whatever and they go on like really huge journeys all over the place Uh in faith. Uh uh, And he goes with them uh, one day uh, when he was angry at his father. um, So he left. And then um, he sort of goes to a town and he meets a girl. Um, I don't remember the whole story because of all the other books that I've read. But it sort of, it wraps it up at the end. he, um, He was really old. And he was just like this really wise dude. Um, uh, and his friend, I forget his name, uh, comes to him for guidance for something. Um, I really don't remember the end of the book. That's fine.
0: Yeah. So what's your favorite book that you've read that I've given you? Probably The Alchemist. Ah, that was given to me to read by your assistant principal when she was a teacher. She said it was her favorite book and she put it in my hand and I read it and of course it's awesome. And for those who uh, who aren't familiar with the book, tell, tell us about that story.
1: All right. Uh, so The Alchemist, I remember better because it's my favorite book so far. he? Who's he? The Boy. Uh, his name was... I, I, they didn't really say his name a whole lot, but they said The Boy a lot. So yeah. The Boy was a shepherd in the beginning. He sort of went all around the area in between Spain and uh, the African continent, um, near the Strait... Um, and then eventually, he met the king, who had, like, a gold, really cool, like, breastplate or whatever. And he gave him two two stones that were different colors. One was white, one was black. What does that sound like to you? Yin-yang? Backgammon. Oh, backgammon, yeah, that. There was something with the pebbles. They were like, if one of them landed... He would, like, jumble him around in the bag and then throw them out, and then it it was like if one of them landed first or if one of them was face up, that meant he was, like, being watched and being helped. Like a sign? Yeah. Yeah. And then the king just sort of disappeared, and then he goes on this huge journey, then he meets a potion maker, not an alchemist, just a potion maker, and the potion maker has this old book, I'm pretty sure, uh, about the alchemists. And he eventually goes on a journey after he makes a ton of money with the... No, it was a glass maker, and they started selling potions in the glass. Mm. And they started selling potions and, like, drinks and stuff. And they made, like, dishes and china and stuff. And stuff. Yes, and yeah. stuff. And then they... Th- then he left with the money that he made, and they split it 75-25. Who got the 25? He did, yeah. because he the didn't boy. own the shop. Yeah. He just worked for them. For him. Yeah,
0: printist, kind of.
1: Yeah. So then he left with his money to go find the alchemists, or the alchemist, and he eventually finds him, and at the end of the book, they get captured by a, like, tribe of rebels that were fighting in Egypt, I'm it's pretty sure. It's in the desert, right? Yeah. yeah. It's somewhere in the Sahara- Saharan Desert, so around the Egypt, around Egypt or one of the surrounding countries. Uh-huh. So they go there, and they they get captured by them, and the boy and the alchemist, they say, oh yeah, we're alchemists, we can show you what we can do if you let us go. So the boy, after what, like, he, the boy stays with the alchemist for a little bit, and he learns about what the alchemist does, and then the boy sort of, the, the alchemist is taken away from the boy, and then they force them to show it separately so that it, so they know that it's not just one person. Mm-hmm. And then that, that way they can kill the other person or hold them for ransom. So the boy takes what he's learned from the alchemist about just the world in general. And he sort of makes friends with his perception of the world. And then he starts being able to control the weather and starts being able to control a bunch of stuff. And then he like changes a piece of rock into like solid gold. And then they all, like, freak out, and then he makes a tornado, and it takes all their guns away, uh, because it's set in, like, 1920s-ish. hmm And he sort you of... Only had
0: tornadoes, then, in the 20s?
1: <laughs> if you can make them, yeah, well. Right. But not before that. No, no. tornadoes. No. In the nineteen hundred. what is it? In like, like 19, 19... uh... It was during... 1918. It, it was, like, a while after World War One. so... Right. That's... And then they made tribes off of the guns that they took from, like, old encampments to basically let him go after their entire camp was taken away by a tornado. Well, they probably thought he was, like, a
0: god, they were afraid of him. Yeah, that's I read that book, too, by the way. So.
1: Yeah. yeah. But I don't remember. That's so why I'm asking on my memory. Yeah. So what's the ending? The end was he sort of, like, goes away with the alchemist and starts, like, training and stuff.
0: Okay.
1: So it sort of ends on, like, the not really cliffhanger, but sort of a cliffhanger. Yeah. Oh, there the is no the Alchemist story. two that I'm aware of. No Alchemist two, like, and I don't either.
0: know. Did, did that author produce any other books? That... I think he did. Yeah, well, he produced
1: what? some that were like less well known. But um... are they? Were they before or afterwards? Uh, uh, before.
0: So, do you like the the pay to read thing?
1: I do. Yeah. I or mean, you... I think five dollars for a book that takes me a week, a week and a half to read is a little bit less. Well,
0: That's fine. We can always renegotiate. Yeah. Um And and I told you I'd give you twenty dollars to read. Alice Huxley's Island. Yeah, uh, you know, and I've I've given you uh, a Brave New World revisited, and but you've read some great books, man. Your books that you've read, it took me fifty years to even you know have any kind of inspiration to read anything at all. So if you could do anything, Sam, what would that be? Meaning like
1: anything at all? I just said anything. <laughs> if you could do anything, Sam, what would that be? Terraform Mars. What's that mean? Or invent hyperspace travel? Okay. And terraform means uh to make habitable so to make what habitable for humans or whatever where's the
0: word terraform come from
1: uh terra is earth and form means change or like uh warp i guess and for lack of a better phrase okay like to sort of change something to your liking
0: okay terraform i like that it
1: sounds very star trek yeah and earth basically meaning to change it into an earth right
0: and and Your intention, you want to do what with your life?
1: I want to be an astrophysicist.
0: Because you've talked about going to MIT. You said it at your fifth grade graduation from elementary school in front of all those people when you're shiny, beautiful suit. It
1: was awesome. It was a great suit. The only suit I've ever worn, no. besides, I think, a wedding maybe. But
0: You don't own clothes like that now, do you? I mean, well, I st- don't think hear. I still
1: own the suit, but I, it won't I fit anymore. No. I, no. I've grown at least it might fit me. five inches. so It might fit me. It might fit you. It might fit you like height-wise, but not like uh, the buttons not, might not close. Not, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't have to close them. Because I wasn't really that fat in fifth grade. Hmm. I was sort of like a slender fat.
0: How so. do you feel physically now?
1: Uh, fat? <laughs> Well, I mean not fat, but overweight. I'm not necessarily like How tall are you? Spilling over myself but... Um I'm five eleven. You are? Yeah, I How were how how tall were you when I left for Thailand? Like five nine, five ten.
0: You were already five nine or ten when I left? I think
1: so, maybe five. So you only grew two
0: inches while I was gone?
1: Probably. Alright. What do you weigh? Two thirty? Uh not now. I weigh two twenty five now. Do you? Yeah, I started not eating as much. Not, like, starving myself, but... Clearly, after
0: that sandwich I saw you consume (laughs) yesterday. Literally, he ate a sandwich. I have a a cajon here, and I'm looking at it. The cajon is about uh, 24 inches by 12.
1: This is not two feet. That's, like, a foot and a half.
0: Whatever. That's how big the sandwich was. Not quite as wide, but almost.
1: Well, that's the only thing I ate that day, and that was over the span of, like, five hours. Yeah, all right.
0: How's it going at your mom's? Pretty good. Better? Yeah, well, just so you know, you know, raising children is not easy. And being a child being raised is not easy. I realize your life is, is not easy. Um, but I think we try and do the best we can with what we have. And, uh, and uh, are you satisfied with being the son of Mark and Valerie? I am satisfied, yes. Yeah? If you could change something about your... Not that it necessarily will change, but I'm still going to ask you. If you could change something about your life, what would you change?
1: I'm not sure. I want to be doing more. More what? More of something productive rather Ah. than just kind of sitting around with my friends or sitting around at home. So, So,
0: Well, summer's coming, so you're going to have time on your hands. And I've been thinking about that too, that you and I should be doing things more. I used to love building models, like model cars, model airplanes, model boats. It was very creative, very meticulous it actually maybe helped me organizationally and i got to use glue that made me high uh, tester's glue it did all the kids were high making models i mean it wasn't intentional but you work with this super toxic glue for a couple hours i think that's why i love building models i was like high and then i would produce these like super cool cars and boats and planes your generation doesn't do that we need to find something that we can do together that is productive like you just said we need to have productivity and we need to do it together Now we live in an apartment in a studio which is very huddled up which i love actually this summer we'll have to find things to do you've recently started taking drum lessons
1: yeah how's that good I have only, I only had, had one so yeah. and who are you taking <laughs> drum lessons with tommy tom stamper yeah yeah you missed your last one i did miss my last one i was sick that morning yeah. and that day yeah. And then even, evening.
0: Yeah. Evening. <laughs> well, I'm hoping you really enjoy and get a lot out of the drum lessons and you continue to do it. Of course, it's entirely up to you. But you are kind of gravitating towards that, right? hmm That's also a disciplinary thing. It's like, have you practiced anything he's
1: told you to practice? Yeah, I practiced it at Mom's when he brought the drumsticks back over. Okay. Have you practiced here? Uh, not within the last two days because I was moving in and I was playing video games.
0: Anything else we need to cover? I mean, we'll, we'll talk again, of course, but I just wanted to, uh, it's, it was a little shocking, and it was shocking for us, but I want them to know that we're fine, and that it was just a blip on the radar, and that uh, it's over. Yeah. And that we're both fine. All right, I love you, son. Love you, too. Okay. See you later. Bye. Bye. Well, that's the show. Thank you for coming. Thanks, Rich Reese. That was super fun. Thank you, Sonny Sam. All will be well. Not to worry. Sorry it's a little challenging right now. But I uh, have a lot of faith in us, and I uh, have a lot of faith in you, and I have a lot of faith in your mom and your sister, and we'll we'll be bigger and stronger for this uh, soon enough. I also want to thank our sponsor, Crater Lake Taxi, 541-333-3333. The idiot-proof, the drunk-proof phone number that gets you from point A to point B anytime, day or night. Thanks again, third times a charm. I think it's getting better. It's certainly getting more fun to make. And uh, and next week we're going to have Robbie Lindauer. Robbie Lindauer. All right, folks. Have a great rest of your week. Catch up soon. Much love. Word to your mother's uncle.
1: 44.